In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you and for his sake, forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O Lord, mercifully receive the prayers of your people who call upon you, and grant that they both perceive and know what things they ought to do, and also may have grace and power faithfully to fulfill the same. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the first Sunday after Epiphany is from 1 Kings chapter 8. Then the priests brought in the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to its place, into the inner sanctuary of the temple, to the most holy place, under the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread their two wings over the place of the Ark, and the cherubim overshadowed the Ark and its poles. The poles extended so that the ends of the poles could be seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from outside, and they are there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two tablets of stone which Moses put there at Horeb, 
when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. And it came to pass when the priests came out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Then Solomon spoke. The Lord said he would dwell in the dark cloud. I have surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to dwell in forever. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another." 
This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days as they returned, The boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it, but supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days, They found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously, And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and men. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. This is the word of the Lord. All parents have hopes and dreams for their children. Most parents want their children to grow up and lead a good life, as good a life as they had, if not better. Often this involves a dream of a good education and a good paying job. If we're lucky, maybe our son will become a professional athlete, earn millions, and then be able to provide for us in our old age. Quite often, most of our attention is directed to things like job, money, success, prestige. And if they're decent, law-abiding citizens, that's great. Lost amid all of these hopes and dreams for our children, however, can be their spiritual condition. If they are a success in the marketplace, we're satisfied. If they don't go to church, bring up their children in the faith, we may pacify ourselves by saying at least they're good citizens, they're good people. All too often, we have our priorities mixed up. If we are not chiefly concerned about our children's spiritual warfare, welfare and warfare against the evil one, then we are neglectful. Even if our children lead, in the eyes of the world, a better life than we have had. It is perhaps, as a father, the biggest regret of my life, not paying due diligence to the very congregationate prayer that I've prepared for the rest of the congregation. Do we read scripture with our children? Not as an obligation, but as something to do joyfully to learn about all of these characters of the scriptures and their struggles and their joys and the way in which the Lord was faithful to them and ministered to them. Do we come to children to worship with our children as if it is the most 
wonderful thing to be here in this place and to gaze upon the crucifix and the Agnus Dei on the altar. To come even at little age with them and open up the hymnal with them before they can read and follow along with the words. To teach them to fold their hands and to stand up and to kneel and to sing sweetly, to confess the creed, to pray the Lord's Prayer, so that even before they can read, they are reciting by heart the things from the liturgy that is repeated. It's one of the great beauties of the liturgy. It can function to teach and bind us together from the littlest ages to the ages of an advanced life when we can no longer see or read. Is the Lord Jesus the one thing needful in our lives? The gospel for today gives us the only glimpse into the childhood of Jesus after his birth and the first year or two of his life, then we're catapulted to this time when he's 12 years of age. Only in Luke do we find this account of Jesus. It is, if you will, a bridge between boyhood and manhood, the time when most of us are to let go of childish things and begin to take on the responsibilities of being a man. And such a strange story it seems to be. When we hear it, maybe it doesn't seem to make sense. Maybe we're even bothered by the actions of Jesus. We can sympathize and even agree with Mary and Joseph. They had a right to be angry with their son, didn't they? And Jesus responds to his mother. It's disrespectful, isn't it? We speak of him as being sinless, but is this one of the first breaches in his humanity? The reason we are bothered by the 12-year-old boy Jesus in the temple is perhaps because we have difficulty understanding what a man is. <clears throat> Jesus is the man. The man, Pontius Pilate even said it in his passion, behold the man. He's the man that God intended for man to be. And we see so little of real manhood in the world. It's just not just about macho masculinity. It is about the spiritual character of a man. To be a true man means to know and understand that we are completely and totally dependent upon God for everything. It is to know and to believe that our connection to God is through his word. It is by his word that we were created. It is by his word that we are called to repentance and faith. It is by his word that we see Jesus and that we grasp him, that we are comforted in times of sorrow and that we are strengthened under the cross of affliction. 
That's what a man is, dependent. We have the mistaken notion that the mark of true matur maturity and adulthood is self-sufficiency, but it is not. True maturity, true adulthood is to recognize our constant need for God's gracious word. We need him more than we need anything else in this world. So here you have Jesus in the temple, both listening to the teachers and asking them questions. And in Luke's account, it says that they were astonished at his understanding and his answers. I think most of us get the impression that, well, that stands to reason because, after all, he's son of God. And it's true. But what we fail to understand is that Jesus, in his state of humiliation, lived this dependency from the time of his conception to the time of his death upon the cross. That in his state of humiliation, he was actually learning the word of God that he needed to learn. What a mystery. That's how he grew in grace and wisdom and in favor before God and men as St. Luke records. If that's what he needed, so that he would be faithful even to the death of the cross, how much more you and I? It has been a long-standing criticism by unbelievers of Christians that we Christians are weak and therefore we need a God to help us along. We need a crutch. And I'd like to say, you're absolutely right. I need a God. I need a crutch, but not just any God. I need the God who became flesh and blood for me, the God who, though he was true God, yet for our sakes became poor and humbled himself and lived as a man for me and for you in all the ways that we so miserably fail to do. Not just any man. The God who became flesh. You need that God too. The child of Mary is our help. His appearance in the temple with the teachers of the word shows him to be that child for us. Jesus was not, shall we use language today, he was not running around with the Jerusalem thugs. Wasn't it interesting? It was after three days they found him in the temple. Where were they looking? In taverns? In pubs? He was not boozing it up with the other boys in Jerusalem. What should we say to him? Shame on you, son. You've gone to church. What is the matter with you? Don't you realize the things you're doing to us? I don't think so. The account of Jesus remaining behind in the temple seems strange to us because maybe we've lost our moorings. For Jesus, he had a love affair with God's word. From the beginning of his life, 
He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, circumcised and named Jesus on the eighth day, presented in the temple as the firstborn son, wholly dedicated to the Lord's service, and he lived in that. Jesus was not rude or disrespectful to Mary and Joseph. He was doing, actually, and ironically and paradoxically, what Mary and Joseph had taught him to do in the daily prayers in the household, in the weekly observance of the Sabbath. I submit to you, Mary and Joseph, though they were sinners, they understood their responsibility. And now, at 12 years of age, Jesus is becoming a man, a real man. As we said, at the age of 12, every boy begins on to begins to take on the responsibility of manhood. He was expected to do those things in the household and in the community that a real man does. And chief among those things is to live by faith in the word of God. He was to attend the synagogue. He was to begin to serve. And this is exactly what Jesus was doing. His response to his parents was not one of disrespect, but one of astonishment. They of all people should have known. Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? It is as if he were saying, you taught me these things. You taught me that nothing was more important than the word of God. Every day we said our prayers at table. And we talked about the word of God when we sat in the house, when we walked by the way, when we lay down at night and when we rose up in the morning. It was right that I should be here. If Mary and Joseph had taken a moment to recall who their son was and what they had taught him to be, they would have known instantly where he was to be found, in his father's house, his real father's house, the eternal father who sent him into the world to be the man and savior for us. Jesus is certainly much more than a pious example of what we should be doing and of how we should conduct ourselves, although it's not a bad idea to follow that pattern. We are not the parents we ought to be. Neither were Mary and Joseph. This is why we need a Savior. At the age of 12, we already see Jesus living Life in our place as our substitute for all of our shortcomings and all of our failures. We see him doing the things that we have failed to do, that you and I might find our life in him. It's why in the scriptures, the baptismal life is always described as laying aside the weight and sin which entangles us and keeping our eyes fixed upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus, the man for us. Jesus doing for us what we so often fail to do. He did not begin his work as our savior upon the cross. He began his work in the womb, continued it throughout his childhood, and completed it upon the cross. In his word and in his sacrament, we meet him for the refreshment 
and renewal of his forgiveness and care, which he never withdraws from us. This is why we are here. This is why we will bring our children. For a little child shall lead us, the child of the manger, the 12-year-old child in the temple, and the child who was born to die that we might live. In the name of Jesus. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Let us confess the faith with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For hearts that seek Christ where he promises to be found, within the gates of his holy Christian church, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who minister in the name of Jesus, that their faith may increase and that they may offer God true and laudable service, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Drew Franklin, Felicity Delayden, Alina Kerner, Susan Gelbach, Ruben Rowe, Frank Coplin, Holly Venkaneswaran, Kyle Knorr, Kathy Stoltenberg, Sarah Miley, Cheryl Fisher, and all the baptized, that they would find Christ not only among his own family or native people, but in the house of prayer, which is for all nations. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the faithful sonship of Christ, let us give thanks unto the Lord. 
and that the parents and children among us may grow together in his grace and show forth his love. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the nation and those who govern, that our leaders would be people of integrity, that we would choose good citizens for leadership, that we would be good citizens, and that every resource supplied by God may be used wisely in accord with his word. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick, the hospitalized, the recuperating, those in treatment, and all who are troubled in heart and mind, especially George Kaminsky, Charles Schwen, Nicola Giordano's grandmother, Reverend Dr. John Willie, Reverend Luke Berenger, Jean Royce, and Gabby Hartwig, that the God of compassion would give them his peace and grant them healing according to his will. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Reverend Dr. Wolf Knoppe and Mark Thoney's Aunt Karen in hospice care, that God would guard them from every assault of the evil one and guard and keep them in the true faith until they are called out of this veil of tears to the joys of heaven. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who mourn the death of loved ones, especially the families and friends of Dwayne Schmudlock, uncle to Mark Schmudlock, Bob Yonke, brother of Betsy Benassik, and August Hottinger, brother-in-law of Sharon Murthy, that they might find hope and comfort in the gospel of Christ's forgiveness and the hope of the resurrection. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, in mercy you have established the Christian home among us. We implore you, rule and direct our hearts to be good examples to our children and those subject to us, that we may not offend them by word or deed, but faithfully teach them to love your church and hear your blessed word. Give them your spirit and grace that this seed may bring forth good fruit and our home life may advance your glory, honor, and praise, as well as our own improvement and welfare, giving offense to no one. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son, in him being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive. Renew and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
The body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you, body and soul in the true faith, unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. of Christ given for you. The body of Christ given for you. The body of Christ given for you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The body of Christ given for 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 you.
the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you, body and soul, in the true faith, unto life everlasting. Depart in peace.
Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament, and we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Welcome to the Divine Service this morning. Just a couple of announcements uh, to highlight. Uh, if, you, if you weren't here last night, you missed a treat with uh, seminarian Sergio Trifa from Romania was with us. And uh, the answer to the question some of you might have is no, it wasn't recorded. So he'll leave uh, after, uh, sometime after the first service this morning. So glad to have him with us. Um, I think there is, oh, Pastor Christensen. Just briefly, before you get to your other announcements, I want to point out the, the International Food Fair sign-up. It's in two weeks, and in light of this epiphany season, I think it would be fun if people sign up to be a taster just to come. All right. 
And Ms. Berenger, do you have a, an announcement on this, this fair goods and services auction coming around again? Yes, indeed. Good morning, everyone. Um, the auction uh, is coming up here actually very soon. It may seem like it's very far away, but it is coming up. So the Peace Lutheran Academy's 22nd Goods and Services Auction is going to be Saturday, March 23rd, from 4 to 8.30 um, this time. So uh, just want you to keep that in mind. Please mark it on your calendars. Please come. And so we are also asking that you invite friends, neighbors, coworkers, um, anyone that might get a kick out of it. So uh, the more the merrier. And um, besides that, uh, also tickets um, are going to be 31 for individual. But if you get a nice table of eight, you get a discounted price of $28. Um, and then besides that, so we also have a table in the back that is for the gift baskets for the auction, if you would like to donate that. So you'd pick a basket, um, pick a theme. There are some nicely laid out themes for you if you're looking for ideas. Um, pick that, sign up, and bring that in um, by February 19th. So. Now let me ask you. Yes. You want them to do more than keep it in mind, right? You want them to go online do this it. afternoon and <laughs> register their attendance. Sign up online. Excellent. Yes, plaauction.com. And just go ahead and buy a table. Buy a table. And then you've got time between now and then to fill that table with guests. Right? That's right. All right. That's right. Don't wait until the day of. Now, I, so. have a, I have another question, too, and that is if they want to use their own basket, that's, that's bigger. Even bigger. Big. Than, than the offer. Is that okay? That is totally fine. So right. if you have a great theme that you want to just, you know, take the bull by the horns and do that, please. That would be fun, too. Um, these are just great suggestions out there to get you started. So, um, and the theme is the Indiana Jones, Readers of the Lost Ark. So that will, I think, make it for a fun event as well. So trivia question, does anyone remember when that movie came out? 1984, <laughs> Uh, income stream for the Academy to help us keep a balanced budget and not cause uh, tuitions to rise astronomically. So very, we very really helpful. appreciate your time. So it's now after uh, the Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year, <laughs> Epiphany. So dig deep into your pockets. Yeah. Go for it. Yes. On a full court press to the end of March. Oh, and Pastor and I are going to be leading uh, as co-chairs. So if you have questions or you want to help, please contact me or Pastor. So. And then if when you contact yeah. me, then I will pass, pass it to me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Very so much. mostly me. So yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good week.